Hi, church family. I'm so glad that we have this ability to connect online. We're about to go into one of our messages and I pray it blesses you. If it does, make sure you share it with a friend and, and share the love around. Make sure that you click like or subscribe so that you don't miss any of our messages that we upload weekly. And jump in the chat so that we can connect. Even though it's virtual, let's make sure that we connect. So sit back, enjoy, and I pray that you're inspired and blessed. So good. Thank you, Pastor Dan. You can be seated. Thanks, everybody. So good to be with you tonight. And uh, before we begin, I, I just wanted to uh, just make a huge shout out and honor to Pastor Carolina and her family. Can we, you know, just give it such a great honor to her. Both Kate and I love Pastor Kay. And, uh, you know, and you've just got a, an incredible leader. Uh, I want to honor the team. Uh, in this church as well, and uh, all the staff and everyone that have just led so well uh, in the past probably two years. It's just been phenomenal. And um, can you put your hands together and honor all the staff, all the team in the life of the church? Amazing people, just incredible. As Dan said, you know, we, we're friends to the church and uh, you know, uh, I know Pastor Sam and Kay were, uh, have been great friends to our church of Empower. Carolina has preached so many times in our church. I mean, uh, when, when she comes, she needs no introduction. She just comes and brings an incredible word to our church. And I must say, even over COVID season, a lot of times that Pastor Carolina preached for us uh, was a word in season. It was a word and see, it was a now word in the moment. I remember even an online season that she, she, gave, she preached for us. It was amazing, just incredible. You are absolutely blessed. Amazing pastor here and, uh, and the whole team, just incredible. You know, as I was, I just have a quick word for the church. I just felt, even when I parked tonight, uh, the Holy Spirit just, just spoke to me. Often God just gives me pictures and shows me things. And, uh, and as I parked tonight, I saw this like flashlight go off. And it was like, you know, ever seen the camera flash that just goes off and just flashes? And I'm like, Lord, what are you trying to show me? And, uh, and he just began to show me that, that there's going to be, as you move into a new season, a new era in the life of the church, I saw like, like these flashes of light impacting uh, different parts of the city, different parts of community from the church. And it was almost like as a flash causes a photo to be taken, there's going to be a lasting memory with the power of God that's going to impact parts of the city. And I just saw like, like schools being impacted, like flashes of light impacting schools right across this region, right across the peninsula. I saw that like a flash is going into schools, like primary schools, high schools. I saw universities being impacted from this house. And, 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 and as the people, as you go out into the city, into community, I saw these flashes of light. I saw miracles, incredible miracles happening. I believe even last year, God gave me a word for miracles, but I, I really feel God wants to remind you again, there are miracles for this house. There are miracles for this, this community around us. And God wants to use this house to flow rivers of living water into the community. The power of God that will flow to see miraculous power. Uh, and the Lord is saying to me to remind you, expect miracles. Expect the miraculous. Expect the move of God. Expect miracles in physical healings. Expect miracles in mental health healings. Sometimes we look at mental health healings and we, we think, oh God, can you heal that? But I want to tell you today, God can heal that. 
God can move in the realms of mental health, depression, anxiety, eating disorders, all the different things that come with mental health disorders that happen in life. God can heal those things, deliver and set people free. Expect demons to be cast out of people. Expect the power of God to move in people's lives. Expect restoration, the restoration of marriages, families, lives. You know, I see like children to to parents and parents to children. I see restoration of family units. I really feel that this new season we're coming into is just such a, a great season of God. That word restoration was a word God gave me at the start of the year. Because I really feel God wants to remind the church that He wants to restore what's been broken by sin. What's been broken by uh, just, the, just life and, and what's happened throughout COVID and all those different things. God wants to restore again. And I feel that word is here in this house as well. A restoration. A restoration. So be expectant for what God wants to do. Expect miracles. Everyone say that. Expect miracles. Expect miracles because God wants to move in the miraculous. And that, those lasting memories, those flashes of light are going to be left in schools. They're going to be left in universities. They're going to be left in people's homes. Are you going to be, I can see like people being healed in homes, people being set free in homes, saved in their homes. I see like cafes, restaurants. There's like flashes of light and there's lasting memory. And let's pray for that now. Jesus, I thank you for that today. I thank you for lasting memory. I thank you, Lord, for that. The miracles that are going to flow from this house into the city. Lord, into the North Brisbane, right across Brisbane. God, you're going to move in power. See it right across Moreton Bay, right across the peninsula. God, moving in power because you want the world to see that you are powerful. And I thank you for that now in Jesus' name. And everyone says, Amen. Amen. Well, I have the great privilege of, of being a part of helping launch today into the, the Elephant in the Room series. What a great series. Incredible. I know you're going to be launching into it over the next two months and you know, you're going to be diving into some of the tougher topics um, some of the tougher things to talk about, you know, over this season. And, you know, I just feel tonight that God's just given me a word as like a starting point. It's like a starting point for the elephant in the room. And, uh, and, you know, I know that there's so many different major topics that we can talk about in our culture today, but we need to, I really feel that it's important to get to the basics of what God wants to do first. I mean, know before you launch into anything, you need foundation points. Always need foundation points. And you know, I look at our culture in Australia today and no one can deny the fact that, that our culture has become far more secular. Far more secular right across Australia. Even the media, they kind of, you know, they push it. And, and we see it right, right across Australia. They kind of, this, 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 this secular culture that has been ingrained there, you know, in society. And, uh, and you know, when we look at what secular culture is, The simplest way to put it is this, secularism is wanting to have the blessings that only God can give you, but not wanting God. That's really one of the best ways to describe it. So I want the blessings, I want the freedoms, I want want to be able to do the things I want to do in life and enjoy the confidence, enjoy the pleasures of life. But you know, I just... I just, and, and how many know those things come from God? The great things come from God, but it's to want all those things, but not want the one who gives it. See, Mark Sayers, who, who leads Red Church in Melbourne, 
and uh, also runs a great podcast. If you want to understand culture today, jump on the Rebuilders podcast. Amazing podcast. He's a great thinker. Uh, just helps you understand culture today. He says this quote. He says, secular society wants the kingdom without the king. Now let that sink in for a second. Secular society wants the kingdom without the king. But how many know you don't have a kingdom when you don't have the king? And, we, and really at the heart of it is really understanding the great things that have come through Christ, through Christianity, through the impact of Christianity right across the world for the last 2,000 years. How many know we have the freedoms we have today because of the influence of Christianity in our history. Can you agree with that today? You know, we can look, look across our history and, and some of the, here's some of the key things that I want you to think about today. There's things such as human rights. We have human rights today because of the influence of Christianity in our culture. The abolition of slavery was impacted through Christianity and Christians of their time at great cost that fought for the abolition of slavery. Justice in our law. That's all because of coming back to that Judea-Christian understanding, but it's the influence of Christianity in our culture. Rights for women. How important is that? All through the influence of Christianity. Modern day healthcare and hospitals, influence of Christianity. Education. Science and the arts, they are all influenced through Christianity. Now, it doesn't mean that they were the only thing that influenced those things in society, but they had a massive impact on the change in our culture over history. We use a great book in our Bible college called uh, How Christianity Changed the World by Alvin Schmidt. And uh, it used to be called Under the Influence. And I've read this book a bunch of times and we've used it in our curriculum. But because of the reason of just being able to go back through history and understand, man, how has history been impacted by Christianity in our culture? And we look at this and we can see that even in the culture we live in today to think, oh, we, well, we, we've moved past Christianity. We're post-Christian. We're, you know, we're, we're enlightened. We're progressive. We're, we've moved past those things and we really don't need that anymore. But at the heart of it is this, is that the more you move into a secularized society and desiring the blessing without the blessor, what gets watered down is truth. That's what gets watered down. Where is the basis of truth? And you know, wanting the kingdom without the king, the blessing without the blessor, always leads to confusion in culture. And so we see in our culture today, uh, for the most part, probably over the last, you know, 20, 30 years, we've kind of had this pluralistic culture where there's a, more, you know, a, a plethora of, of religions and ideologies and belief systems that in a pluralistic culture, people were kind of okay for you to believe what you want to believe. I'll believe what I believe, but we'll kind of just find a way to get on, okay? And that's kind of like how it's worked. It's like we're all kind of just trying to get on in this multicultural, multi-belief system world. But one thing that we've all noticed, and if you've looked on Facebook, on YouTube, on any sorts of social platforms, you can see that our world today, especially that's been ramped up over the past two and a half years via COVID, what's been ramped up is not, not a pluralistic culture, but more of a contested culture. 
And uh, Mark Sayers talks about this quite a lot. It's, it's this contested culture where it's kind of, uh, and I'm not saying everyone thinks this way, but there are pockets of our society now, especially in the West, in our society where, where it's no longer, well, you believe what you want to believe, I believe what I want to believe. It's more like, no, no, you must believe what I believe. You must affirm and conform to the stuff that I believe. It's not okay for you just to believe what you believe. You need to believe or think the way that I think. And so when we have to operate in a culture like this, and it doesn't mean that the average Joe on the street is like this now. It doesn't mean that. But it, but, but it is more so in our culture and more so seen in our media, isn't it? And in our social media. So when we look at, at this culture that we live in today that has, been, has truth so watered down, biblical truth so watered down, how do we come back to this? And I want to encourage everyone tonight as we talk about and start this Elephant in the Room series I want to say this as a Christ follower, we should not get caught up in the contested culture. We should not allow ourselves to get caught in this type of offendable, contested culture. We're kind of jumping on mob tactics, bandwagons, all those things. We shouldn't allow ourselves to do that. We should have our lives firmly founded on the Word of God, founded on truth. Founded on the Word, founded on the Gospel of Jesus Christ. And coming back to that, we launch our decisions, our choices, the way we live our life is based on the foundation of Christ, His Gospel, and the truth of His Word. This is where we need to begin. This is where we need to be. In a world that is so confused of knowing what, what is truth now, it's really brought people to a place now where what is real love? What is truth, but what, is it, what does it mean to love? What does it mean to understand what that is in society today? And if we're not to get caught up as a Christian in contested culture, then we've got to get back to the basics. And the basics are the love of God. I really feel, and I felt this so strongly throughout the last 12 months, in coming out of a crisis and coming out of that crisis mode that we were in through, through COVID, we are leading out of that and, and we're take, we've taken steps out of that in an amazing way, which is incredible. But one of the things that I feel that the church, Big C Church, right across the world needed to come back to is the basics of the love of God. Because it's almost like even Christians forgot how to love. They forgot, they were so caught up in what was going on in the world, they forgot that I'm actually a Christian. I'm actually a Christ follower. And what a Christ follower is, is, is we're meant to model Jesus. You know, the word Christian in the Greek actually just means little Christ. It was meant to be a derogatory term brought to those who followed the way of Jesus. But, but see, when they were called in first called Christians in Antioch, they were trying to you know, call them names. But they took it on. They, they kind of like, yeah, we'll take that on. I'll be called a little Christ. I'll take that on. But little Christ actually means I'm meant to model Jesus in my world. Everywhere I go, wherever I am, I am meant to show Jesus through my life, to model that. And I want to encourage us tonight, how do we get back to the basics of the love of God? 
And I want to share some quick keys on that tonight. How are we doing? We're good? Turn with me to Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 to 15. It'll be on the screen as well. I love this passage. I really do. It says this, Since God chose you to be the holy people He loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts, for as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. How powerful is that? Powerful, powerful passage. And one of the first keys in this tonight is getting out, get to that love is we've got to love like Christ. We've got to love like Christ. See, when Paul wrote this letter to the Colossians, he was really trying to teach a group of people that he had never met, by the way. He never started the church. He never planted the church. He'd never met them, but he's writing from a prison and he's, and he's trying to help them and teach them how to live like Christ. He's trying to show them because he, his heart for them was, was so strong. And, and, and not only that, but it was chapter 3 was not only how do, how do you love like Christ, how do you live like Christ, but how do you actually love like Him? How do you show His love to the world around us? And, and Paul shows us here that we've actually got to clothe ourselves in the love of Christ. We've got to put on the love of Christ. Live with that tender-hearted mercy kindness, patience. It's, it's all those things that come with the love of God. Get back to the fruit of the Spirit. But firstly, we've got to put on love. We need the love of Christ. And it's really being able to operate and live and, and function in this life with our, our marriages, our families, the way we do church together, the way we work with people together in, in our workplaces, the way we go to our university, the way we see the world is we've got to put on the lenses of the love of God. We've got to see others through the love of Christ. It's so, so important in our world today. And if we're wanting to get people back to, to truth and help people understand the truth of the gospel and the truth of who Jesus is, it is ministered firstly through grace and the love of God. Jesus said this, they shall know you by the way you what? Love one another. They shall know you by the way you love one another. There's something about putting on the love of Christ every day that's a it's kind of an opposite or an antidote or an answer to the culture that we live in every day and we've got to be conscious about the way we put on the love of God see I love how the foundation point was set by Christ when we get to the great command in in Matthew 22 37 to 39 Jesus said he said you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart soul mind and strength and the second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. I look at that second part of this because most of us in the room are kind of like, man, that's love God with my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Absolutely. Come on. I don't think there's anyone in the room that wouldn't really think that that's not a great thing to do. To love God with everything in you, to just love Him 
But the second has a lot more, there's a lot more weight to it, isn't it? See, it's not just, I, I want to get back to the truth of this. It's not just to love God and love others, all right? Because sometimes we say love God, love others. It's, it's really easy to do that. But Jesus actually sets this really great standard with this, that he doesn't just say love others. He said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. I mean, it's genius. It's absolute genius. There's nothing better that deals with a self-focused culture than that. Love your neighbor as, here's the standard, likened to, as you love yourself. See, real love is the health, well-being, hope of the other being just as important to you as your own. That's what real love is. To see our, our, our spouses that way, to see our children that way. And you think, now that, that's easier to do. But to see someone we work with that way that gets on our nerves. To see someone we go to uni with and it's like, you know, they, as long as they sit on that side of the lecture, I'll sit over here. I mean, how do we see people through this lens? How do we see culture through this lens? How do we see our neighbors through this lens? How do we see others through this lens? How do we see our friends that we do life with every day? And we get on with, but sometimes they can rub us the wrong way. How do we see through this lens, oh, love your neighbor as you love yourself? I think it's important for us to not just say love God and love others, but to say love God and love your neighbor as you love yourself. I mean, to really get back to the heart and the basics of what that means for us, because it, it brings a responsibility to us, doesn't it? That's what it does. It brings a responsibility to my thoughts, my actions, the way I live my life with people around me when I live with this value system inside of me, to love my neighbor as I love myself. See, this kind of love doesn't get conjured up from the inside out. It's not from us. This kind of love is from God to us. This kind of love is through the Holy Spirit living within us, is that love that ministers to us, but it ministers through us as well. It's that kind of love. It's God's love. God's love is powerful. It penetrates us. It changes us. It transforms us from the inside out. And we should allow that love of God to transform our lives every single day, every day of our lives, impacting us, changing us, helping us to see life through that lens, to put on and clothe ourselves with the love of Christ every single day. Lord, I want to live by this, this great command. I want to live by this value to love my neighbor as I love myself. It comes from God to us. It ministers through us. It's a great evangelist by the name of Kenan J. John. Anyone heard of Kenan J. John? Great English evangelist. And I, I remember hearing him preach one time to talk about the, the day he got saved, actually the night he got saved. And it's a, it's a great story of the fact that he was at, at university in, in London and, and, uh, and before he got saved, he was an intellectual and you know, he was studying and, and, uh, and, and every day he would, he would walk to get to his lectures on the street to get to the uni so that he could go to classes and then, then he'd come home. And he had a friend at uni that, that was constantly witnessing to him, trying to reach him for Jesus. And, um, and, the, and, and, and finally, God one night absolutely encounters Kenan 
and uh, with the friend, he gives his life to Jesus. He surrenders his life to Christ this, this one night. His life is so transformed in that one night that he literally wakes up the next day and he's like, man, everyone needs to get saved. I mean, he was an evangelist, obviously, but every single person in the street needs to get saved. He was so impacted by the love of God, by the power of God. He's walking down the street. He sees this, a homeless guy on the, side of the, on the side of the street there. And he's like, oh man, I've never seen this guy before. So he goes down and he reaches down. And he says, hello, my name's Cannon. And you know, what's yours? And just begins to talk to him. And uh, as he's talking to me, he thinks, he thinks oh, I wonder if, have you had any breakfast today? Have you eaten, eaten anything today at all? He's like, no, I haven't. So would you like me to buy you breakfast? He's like, I'd love if you could buy me breakfast. So he gets up and he walks into a cafe somewhere and buys him breakfast, just begins to chat to him. He wants to talk to him about Jesus. And um, so as he begins to ask him, he thinks, he thinks, hey, you know, I've never seen you before. You know, where do you usually hang out? You know, where, where, where do you usually stay? You know, he asks the questions like, where are you, you know? He said, and he says, oh, well, well, you know where you found me? He said, he said that's, where I, that's where I am. That's where I stay. So no, 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 I saw you there today. But you know, where do you usually hang out? Where, where's your place? You know, where do you go? You know, and he goes, I know I saw you there today, but where do you usually go? And he said, no, no, you don't understand. That's where I am all the time. And Cameron realized in this moment that he had walked past this man for over a year and never noticed him. The day he got saved was the day his eyes were opened and he saw the need. See, the power of the love of God changes us. It transforms us from the inside out. To be able to see life and see others and see people around us, to impact the culture around us via the love of Christ. You shall know them, by the, they shall know you by the way you love one another. You know, today I want to encourage us, we need to put on this love every day. The world needs it more than ever right now. Your neighbors around you need this right now. People you work with need this right now. If you run a business right now, your employees need this right now. People at your university need this right now. Your sporting club, your local cafe, you go and get your coffee every day. They need this. Your gym. People in our world need to be impacted by the love of Christ. The second part of this is this, is to exercise forgiveness. This is so important today. So important. When we think about the culture we live in that has become kind of easily offendable, we've got to show how to exercise forgiveness, don't we? Colossians 3.13 says this, Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. I love that Paul begins this by starting, by setting the platform for all of us for the fact of what we've been forgiven from first. He said, we've all been forgiven. We've all been forgiven. See, how many know when we come to Christ, when we've repented of our sins, we are forgiven. We are washed clean by the blood of Jesus Christ. We are no longer measured by our past mistakes, our issues, our brokenness, but we are now measured through Christ. A clean slate. Wash clean, we're totally forgiven. And how many know, we look at our lives and think, man, how, God, how did you ever forgive me of that? How did you ever forgive me of that? 
We can all look at our story. We can all look at our testimony, our life, and see, man, I've been forgiven of so much in my life. And we can look at this and say, hey, it's got to begin there. But Paul doesn't leave it there. He actually emphasizes the word. We have been forgiven of so much. Therefore, we must, everyone say must. We must forgive others. We must exercise this type of forgiveness in our lives. You know, when Peter came to Jesus one day in Matthew 18, 21 to 22, it says this, Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. So I think about Peter and I think about this moment right now. I reckon he was kind of thinking about this before he went to Jesus. I mean, it's the Messiah, it's Christ. You don't want to stand dumb, okay? And so I reckon he thought about it for a while. He said, how often would be the most amount that I would be prepared to forgive someone else? I mean, just think about this. Like one person, you know, doing something to you multiple times, how many times would I forgive him? And I reckon Peter thought, you know what, seven, I reckon that's max. I reckon that's max. I reckon I'm being generous. Seven times has got to be the limit. He's like, you know, seven, that's it. I'm going to Jesus. Goes to Jesus, he goes, Jesus, how many? You reckon, you reckon seven? I reckon seven's good. And like Jesus always did with all the disciples, Every time they said something, he said something back to them that absolutely blew their mind. He said, no, Peter, not seven times. 70 times seven. 70 times seven. And we think about 70 times seven. You know, we look at this and we think, we've got to understand that 70 times seven, it's not about the figure, okay? We're not even going to go to what that number is. Because the truth is, is, what Jesus was trying to say to Peter wasn't that, Peter, you don't just go and measure and log away all the wrongs that everyone does to you. You don't just kind of like, I'm going to measure that. And once you get to this mark, man, I'm holding that. I'm never going to let that go. I'm not going to forgive that. I'm not going to move on from that. And what Jesus was saying, and He's saying to Peter, but He's also speaking to us today. He's saying, hey, every time someone hurts you, Every time someone wrongs you, says something wrong to you, gossips about you, you know, misinterprets your intentions, all those things that happen just with doing life with other human beings. Sometimes that's even with Christians. It's not just doing life with people in our workplaces and our world, but it's doing life with other Christians. Sometimes people aren't going to do it right. They're not going to say it right. They're going to misinterpret the things that you do or say. But what Jesus says is this, He says, hey, when it happens, don't log it away. Just go through the process again to forgive. Forgive. Release it. See, what Jesus was trying to say to Peter, He said, Peter, I didn't come so that you could stay bound internally on the inside. Sin binds you, man. It binds you up. We're slaves to sin before we know Christ. But Jesus came so that He could unravel that in our lives totally free us, set us free. Why would we want to allow the binding of someone, something else to come internally into our emotions, bind us on the inside when we are called to be free in Jesus Christ? Freedom is what we gain in Christ. And Jesus speaks this to us today. Don't allow something to bind you when you're already set free.
when you're already in victory and we're called to live in a position of victory in a place of freedom to understand what we've what's been won for us we don't come to God because of our own merits it's not our merits not my merits not your merits we get to come to Jesus in Hebrews 10 we come boldly to the throne of our gracious God not because of our merits because of the merits of Jesus Christ it's his merits it's what he's done it's his sacrifice his blood that was shed it's his body that was broken it's his merits so that's why when we look hey we've been forgiven because of the price that's been paid that's why we get to be forgiven so Jesus saying, hey, I've forgiven you because of my bloodshed, because of what I've done at the cross, what I've laid down, what I've sacrificed for each and every person that says yes to salvation and comes closer to me. Uh, you, you, you know the value of the price. The price was high. And when we look at the value of this high price that was done for us, we have to in that moment understand, man, such a high price was paid for my forgiveness. With that same heartbeat, Lord, help me to forgive others. Help me to forgive others. Help me to release these things, not to stay bound. See, I understand in life, sometimes there's some big things you've got to forgive. There's hurtful things that have happened in life. Sometimes in family life and in people have ripped others off. They've done wrong things to others. I understand that. Sometimes things take a long time to forgive. But I want to encourage us today. Forgiveness starts with the first step. That's all it is. Corey Ten Boom said this in one of her books, I'm Still Learning to Forgive. He said, forgiveness begins with an act of will first. Yeah. To, 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 to just reach and say, I will do this. Lord, I will forgive. I will make a start. She had a lot, a lot to forgive. So today I want to encourage us, as the musicians and singers, please come. We don't want to get caught up in the culture of society. We want to get caught in the culture of the kingdom of God. We want to stay there. We want to minister to the culture around us from a position of the kingdom of God. But the kingdom of God begins with, I will love the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I will love my neighbor as I love myself. It begins with that. Everything else will kind of flows out of that position. So how do we get back to the basics? How do we get back to that place where we can love like Christ from that position? We can forgive like Christ from that position. And that's what God has called us to. I'd love if all eyes can be closed tonight across the auditorium. I want to ask tonight if there is anyone here that does not know Jesus. Maybe you've never said a prayer to accept Jesus into your life. We want to give you an opportunity tonight where you can for yourself. See, He loves you. Everything I shared tonight of Jesus dying at a cross, laying down His life for our sins, it, He did it all for you. He did it all for me. He did it so that He could bring us back into a relationship with God again. That's why He did it. The Bible says in Romans 5:8 it says, nothing can separate us from the love of God. It means that nothing you have done, nothing you've said, nothing that's ever been done to you in your life can separate you from the love of God, the love of Jesus. You know what that verse actually shows us? Is that God pursues us. He chases after us. He runs after us. He loves us. And so tonight, 
One of the greatest decisions anyone can ever make is to say, Jesus, I accept you into my life. I want to pray a prayer to accept you tonight. And if that's you tonight, as eyes are closed across the auditorium, I want you to lift your hand. Say, I need Jesus. I want to say yes to Jesus tonight. If that's you, just lift your hand tonight. I need Jesus. Thank you. I see that hand. That's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anyone else tonight who wants to say yes to Jesus? Just lift your hand. Lift your hand. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. I see that hand. That's wonderful. 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 Those hands. Beautiful. Is there anyone else? I want to say yes. Yes to Jesus. Awesome. Awesome. That's wonderful. We're going to pray this prayer together. I'd love for you to repeat it after me tonight. Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin and my past. I accept you today as my Savior and my Lord from this day forward. I am born again into your kingdom and your family. In Jesus' name. Amen. Man, can we put our hands together and honor all those who said yes to Jesus tonight? That is absolutely incredible. So, so good. And uh, I know Pastor Dan is just going to share some next steps a little bit from now. Um, but are we able to just quickly just quickly go through this song? I'd love if we can just stand to our feet just for a few moments quickly. I'd love if we can just go back into this song quickly. I'd love to pray for you after this. Let's just sing. Peace, my little peace. Letting go of me. Learning just to be Just open your hearts tonight you, To Jesus Lord. Thank you Lord You're opening my eyes Taking back the fight It was never mine This war was won by your stripes Should oceans rise mountains fall I'm held within your hands, whatever comes against, I know your love is sure and faithful, Lord, there's no one like you, you give strength to my soul, I
forbid these words. Tempting out oh, when the light is dark, we'll bow down. We send in your promise now, let your faith rise, let it pour out, let, pour out. let your hope build. Heaven's here now, on, where the light is, dark will bow down. Send in this promise now, let your faith rise. Come on, let, let it rise tonight. Let your Jesus, Jesus, stirring on the inside, stirring on the inside. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Lord, we thank you tonight. Jesus, let there be a stirring of the Holy Spirit on the inside of each and every one of us. Come on, lift your hands to heaven right now. Lord, a stirring in our hearts. This world around us is lost, broken. It needs mending. It needs your love. It needs your life, Lord Jesus. And Lord, you are using us as your vessels to reach the world around us. And I thank you tonight, Jesus. Firstly, Lord, help us to come back to the basics. Help us to come back to the, the, Lord, the foundation point of the love of God. Jesus, I thank you, Lord, that love, that forgiveness, that grace, that power has impacted us. It's changed us. It's transformed us from the inside out. And I pray that, God, you would imprint that love so much deeper on the inside of our lives tonight. In Jesus' name, I pray it affects our Monday, our Tuesday, our Wednesday. It begins to bring change to our lives. Back to this place of the basics of your love. Lord, I pray for anyone tonight that may, may have found themselves really getting caught up in the culture of the world around us. God, I just thank you tonight that, Lord, that a heart that comes back to you, restores back to you, Lord Jesus. It just says, Lord, I'm sorry. I, I've been caught up in so much stuff with the world. I want to I let that go, Jesus. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to align myself again. I'm going to align my heart again where it needs to be before you. Oh, Lord, I thank you for those that need that tonight in Jesus' name. And finally, God, I pray, Lord, for anyone that needs to forgive. Lord, maybe there's, maybe there's deep hurts and pain that is on the inside of, of, of folks tonight. And I, I just pray, Lord Jesus, that God, we don't forgive alone. We forgive by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And I pray for the Holy Ghost to begin to move other people's lives to help, Lord, from this moment on to begin to forgive and let go so that we're no longer bound, but we're unraveled from that binding. We're released. And God, I declare freedom, freedom on the inside of people, freedom, God, internally, freedom in our emotions, freedom in our thought life, freedom in our soul. I declare it tonight. And devil, where you have tried to bind people with this brokenness, with the binding of unforgiveness, I break your hold of people's lives tonight. In the name of Jesus, and I declare that freedom in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless your church. Thank you.